Adiós. Aloha. Let's try that one again. Aloha. Aloha. All right, I'm, I'm just a wannabe Hawaiian, all right, today. But um, <clears throat> uh, thank you, Pastor Danny, for leading us through um, the beginning portion of our service. Let's give Pastor Dan Hudson a great round of applause. One of our faithful pillars, he and Debbie, their beautiful family, the Hudson family, um, for uh, over 35 years at this community. And you probably have seen them, uh, Providence Little Company of Mary, where, where uh, Debbie works as a nurse, Pastor Danny as a chaplain, and um, traveling to many different hospitals. Now he's stationed in the Santa Monica area, and, but uh, just continues to be a blessing to uh, God's children on this, on this planet, on this earth. What a blessing. Do you know that you're a blessing as well? You're a blessing. And that was God's promise to you and I who are heirs of the blessing through Father Abraham. And if we put our trust in Jesus, we would be the recipients of God's greatest blessing so that we would in turn be a, blessings to, a blessing to others. Amen? Amen. Amen. I was reflecting on the passage that we shared yesterday at our uh, Saturday morning men's, men's Bible study right here in the sanctuary every Saturday, 7.30, there's a 7.30 a.m. There's a little plug. But um, Proverbs 21, uh, verse 21 says that if a man or a woman pursues righteousness and love, he shall find life, chayim. He shall find righteousness or prosperity, sedakah, and also honor. Honor. Amen? So as we launch out into the Word of God, continuing our message in the family series today, I want you to remember that. Pursue righteousness. Pursue love. And allow the Lord to enrich your life abundantly with great prosperity and love. So welcome to all of you who are here this morning. Welcome to those who are joining us online or at some later time. And if there's anybody here for the very first time, by a show of hands, can you let us know who you are so we can welcome you here at the mission? Do we have any first-time guests here? God bless you, brother. Gilbert, right? God bless you, brother Gilbert. Welcome, bro. Welcome, and welcome back to, to all the rest of us. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Psalm 119. Salmos 119. The biggest, the longest chapter in the Bible. It could be its own book. It's a collection of poems. It's a collection of faith statements. It's a collection of commandments that the psalmist, it's not David, but doesn't identify himself, has given to us in order that we might establish a deep 
and a wide foundation in the word of God, which establishes not only our, our present, but which establishes our future as believers, as the people of God. How many of you know that the word of God is the foundation from which we live? It's the word of God that gives us the strength. It's the word of God that we turn to. It's the word of God that we run to. It's the word of God that fortifies us. It's the, the word of God that we build upon as Christians, as believers, as disciples of, of Jesus Christ. And if there were more people that had dedicated themselves to the word of God, meditating on his word, allowing the word of God to be an authority over their lives, we would have less hate in this world. We wouldn't have to deal with people taking the, the lives of innocent folks like in Buffalo, New York over the weekend. Imagine you going with your family to the Dollar Tree here in Torrance on Sepulveda in Vermont and not returning home because somebody who has a heart filled with hate and not filled with the word of God is bent on causing harm and destroying the lives of beautiful and innocent people. If, if, if you and I were able to fight against the pressures and the temptations and the wiles of this world, and, but be filled up with the word of God, imagine we would live a life more closely with Jesus. We would live a life of obedience with Jesus. There's statistics that prove that those who spend more time in the word of God find the strength, have a great optimism and outlook for life. Like Proverbs 21, verse 21 says, if you pursue righteousness, which is Jesus, if you pursue Jesus and love, you'll find life. You'll find wealth and prosperity and honor or glory. Material wealth as well. When we pursue Jesus, the word of God keeps us focused. Did you know that in recent times over the last year, Barna put out a statistic that has shown that there has been an increase in people reading the Bible throughout the pandemic. Isn't that a blessing? You can put your hands together right there. More people are turning to the word of God for truth. Not just for emuna, but for the emet. The truth with the capital T spelled J-E-S-U-S. The truth of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we're not going to read all of Psalm 119 today. All right. All right. You can thank me later. Thank me later. But guess what? Today's message in the family series is entitled, The 22-Day Bible Challenge. 
the 22-day Bible challenge. Are you ready? So I'm going to challenge us that through, from May 15th through June 5th, which is 22 days, we will read one segment of Psalm 119 each day. You can read it individually. You can read it as a family. You can read it as a couple. I'm going to challenge us to read eight verses a day, which when you look to your Bible, if you have the King James Version, you may not see the breakdown. In other versions, you may see the, the breakdown by the Hebrew Aleph Bet. Aleph Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, Bab, Yod, so on and so forth. It's the Hebrew alphabet, but it's called the Aleph Bet. And there are 22 of the consonants that are designated for each of the eight verses broken up across the 176 verses through Psalm 119. All dedicated to bringing us more, more close to the word of God. Inspiring us to a greater commitment in the word of God. All meant to bring about a greater result in your faithful walk with Jesus. So we're going we're gonna to read the first eight verses. And then there's, I'll highlight three other verses throughout the, the remainder of the, the chapter, Psalm 119, that I have been able to commit to memory and that have meant a lot to me over the course of, of my life. And, and I'll offer those as verses for you to consider as well. Verses that I, I draw strength from on a, on a regular basis. We all need to have those verses that we run to, that we can hide in and find shelter in, that we can draw strength from and, and, and comfort in very difficult times, in times of confusion, in times of chaos. We all know that we have found ourselves in those critical moments. And the word of God has always been there in those most critical moments. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8. Section Aleph. Everybody say Aleph. Aleph. Which is like the, the, the Greek alphabet Alpha. Right? Blessed are they whose ways are blameless. Who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes. And seek him with all of their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Can I hear an amen? amen. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all of your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Father God, we thank you for this morning, this beautiful day that you have given to us. For this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Father God, we are rejoicing in your word. Father God, I pray that the people of the mission, I pray, Father God, that people who are listening and watching, 
far and wide will be able, Lord Jesus, to get back to the discipline of living in your word, living under your word, allowing the word of God to go down to the depths of our souls as honey. Lord Jesus, open our minds, open our hearts, and open our spiritual eyes that we might see wonderful things in your law. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Give God a hand of praise today, Mission Ebenezer. Give God a hand of praise. Hallelujah. If there's one thing that I've learned in the 43 years of my life is that God requires faithfulness over anything else. My father has always taught me and my brothers that we'd rather look for those who are faithful than those who are flashy. Hard work is what has built this world, not talent. Talent comes and goes, but hard work is consistent. Hard work is day in, day out. Hard work is diligence. And that's what being in the word of God means for the believer. Today is a day of teaching, a constitutional message on getting us back to the fundamentals of our faith. We've we've gotten away from the fundamentals of our faith. We've had ups and downs in life. We've had ups and downs with God. We've been angry at God. We've been resentful in our own faith. We've been angry. We've been frustrated. We've been confused. We've been sad. We've been broken. We've we've not known where to turn. We've been um, influenced by the wrong influences. And influencers, influencers are taking their own lives because their lives are not rooted on the word of God or established in God's word or his holy doctrine or his holy Bible. If you read throughout the Psalms of 119, you're going to find that there are more than 20 different English words that are used to convey the word of God. Whether it's commands, laws, statutes, precepts. Word, commandments, decrees, you get the picture. Ways, there are several different ways that we can illuminate our minds and illustrate the very essence of what the word of God is and what it is meant to do in your life and in my life. In the gospel of John, we have, we have heard it said, might we decrease and might he increase? Well, the only way that we decrease and God increases is by the word being poured into our hearts and into our minds and into our lives. And Sunday morning is not enough. Sunday morning is just meant to top it off for you. Sunday morning is just meant to, meant to be that little, that little bainte that you put in the car just to kind of, you know, get you through to the next paycheck. You know what I'm saying? $6, $6 a gallon. 
my V8 Tundra. You know, I've been, you know, talking about it in the past. You know, I just can't shake it yet. But I, I still won't go to Costco, though. No, because to stand in the line at Costco is like 30 minutes with your motor on. You're wasting enough gas. You're wasting too much time. And my time is valuable. I don't know about yours, but I'd rather go to United Oil over there, you know, and spend $5 extra. Praise the Lord. Oh, by the way, I want to congratulate those who have been uh, recently baptized, those who recently have given their lives to Jesus. Let's give them a round of applause. Amen. So excited for you. So excited. A reminder, get your baptism certificates out there in the, in the foyer. And, um, and, and those new believers, those that are making recommitments to Christ, the word of God is where it's at. The discipleship groups that we're getting ready to launch is where it's at. We're going to be training up disciples, equipping disciples in our, in our discipleship groups as we launch all throughout Los Angeles. There's been, there's been, a, there's been a, a period or a time of waiting, of quiet, where we've been training the people of the mission to bring the word of God to their community, to their friends and to their family in the comfort of their own homes and living rooms. And we're going to see the fruit of that within the next year to two years as we're praying, as we're believing. And watch this. Here's the key. This is what God has placed in my heart for today. As we are faithful. No good thing happens overnight. No good thing happens overnight. You cannot have overnight success, and even if you do, it won't last long. It is not sustainable. You come to, to church just for a short period of time to get you out of a crunch, and you don't right away press into the word of God, the Lord's going to make you feel better for a moment, but the, at which point you're supposed to activate your own faith and your, your, your faith muscle and start to run to the word of God and allow the word of God to be poured into your life, refilling all the ways and the things of the world, replacing them with the word of God. Guess what? It, you're going to fizzle out spiritually. You're going to be like a firecracker on 4th of July that when you light it, it goes. And then you're waiting, you're waiting for the boom and then it just goes. Man, I'm from Keystone, man. We don't like those duds. We like the, I'm not going to go into, you know, I don't want to incriminate myself. All right. Don't hate on me. I'm still under construction. Faithfulness is what the Lord requires. And faithfulness can only be attained by you and I remaining committed to the day-to-day -day process of growing stronger and stronger and stronger in the Word of God. It's like an athlete who is training. You're not going to find overnight success. You have to put in the work diligently day after day after day after day after day committed to the same things. It's like going to the ice cream shop and ordering vanilla every day. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Vanilla is good every day. You see, Pastor Isaac is excited over here. Vanilla is just good all the time. 
you know, a little bit of vanilla bean, you know what I mean? A little bit of French vanilla, you know. Rocky Road's the best, though. I'm just saying. But, but nothing wrong with vanilla. And the word of God is vanilla. Because the word of God is power. The word of God is power. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. Verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Look what it says. It says, for the message, everybody say the message. message. Well, the message is the word. Somebody say the message is the word. So watch this. The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. So the word of God is where it is at for the believer. People say, I'm searching. I'm still, I'm still looking. Well, you don't have to look any further. Turn your eyes to the word of God. Allow the word of God to fill your mind, to fill your heart, to fill your life, and it will transform you. It will change you. Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, do not be conformed to the ways of the world, the brainwashing, the, the, the ways or the word of the world or the things of the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Other, in other places in scripture, we find that the renewing of our mind or the washing of our mind takes place through the word of God. Praise the Lord. We as a church here at Mission, we as a church with a capital C throughout the United States of America and around the world are in a time of transition coming out of this pandemic. And, and God is not looking for get-rich-quick gimmicks. He's not, he's not calling us to, to try and come up with, you know, fun and, and cool and, and really cute things to try and draw people to him. Because none of that will last. The only thing that will last, the only thing that has last. And the only thing that will allow your life and my life to be changed, transformed, turned upside down, delivered from bondage, breaking strongholds, is the power of the very word of God that has washed you and I clean of all of our sin. Blessed are the ways of the blameless who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are your ways when you learn to walk according to the word of God. When you walk according to the word of God and your life is filled with the word of God, where even to the point where the word of God just begins to just, just come pouring out of your mouth by the praise of your lips, it, it blesses others. You light up like a Christmas tree because you belong to the father of lights that has taken over your mind, that has given you a new way to perceive and to receive things 
the father of lights, has changed your life all the way to the depths of your soul. And you and my bodies become like Christ. Speaking the word of life, which is the Holy Spirit over this world. That is fire. That is fire. We're going through a, a time of transition, you guys. And God is reminding us that there is no substitute for the word of God. There's none. Sometimes the word of God is dry. It's like eating a peanut butter sandwich with no milk. Sometimes the word of God is hard to take down. Sometimes we're going, you notice I say we? Sometimes we are going through stuff in life which makes it even hard for us to even want to crack open the book. On those, those times, I just, I open up my Bible app and I hit the audio Bible and say, okay, Lord, just minister to me, Lord. <laughs> minister to me, Lord. Help me get this grumpiness out. I love it. One time this guy, he had a, he had a stank attitude all week. I was at this camp. He had a stank attitude. I mean attitude. He was barking at people. And at the end of the week, after the whole week was over, he said, I want to apologize this week. I was real grumpy. <laughs> I was like, praise God. Grumpy. More like stank. God can just take all that stankiness away, though. Hallelujah. And the Lord is bringing his faithful, somebody say his faithful, back to a renewed commitment to the things that got us where we are here today. You're alive. In your right mind. In your right spirit. But he's got greater things in store for us, for you. The word, do you know the word of God can heal you? Did you know the word of God can heal your mind? Somebody that was lost, somebody that has allowed the world to come in and bring sickness of mind and body and spirit. Do you know the word of God can heal you? Heal you? Do you know that? Raise your hand or make some noise if you've been healed by the word of God. I've been healed by the word of God. And I know there are people who could testify that God can reorder. God could, can fill in the holes in our minds that have been eaten away by Satan and his lies and all of his nasty and ugly things that he lies to us that we have put in our bodies. The Lord can heal us. He can reorder things. Praise God. I thank him for his goodness. And I'm thinking of the psalmist that's giving us these words. 
calling us, challenging us to stay committed to the word of God. Growing up in a pastor's home, growing up in the church my whole life. My parents gave me this Bible when I was 12 and I was baptized at the, at the old church on the other corner, Torrance in Maine, down the street. Still got it. Praise the Lord. And the word of God, when I was young and growing up, was a big part of my life. Then I started to grow older and tended to go to the word of God when I kind of needed something, less of a diligence, less of a discipline. But it was always still there for me. It was like, I'm here for you. The word of God was there. And then in my early 20s, went through a couple of life-changing experiences. Some of you know my testimony. I'm not going to spend time in my testimony today. But I do want to lean upon something that I learned through sports that helped me to understand the significance and the role that the Word of God had in my life and, and should have in my life. And that was when, after being drafted a couple times and in baseball and playing college baseball at a really high level, I always had a great arm. I always had great hands. I could make the diving play. I could make the play in the hole and throw the guy out from, from deep in the 5-6 hole. That means to my right, near the third baseman, and had all the tools that it, that it took. And, uh, you know, you see yourself making all these plays. and I would compare myself to other people. and like, I got a better arm than him. I got better footwork than him. I got better this than them. I, man, I'm just better than these guys. But then at one point in my life, I found that I wasn't playing on a regular basis. And I said, Coach, what's going on, man? I've got a stronger arm. I'm better than this guy. I got all these different tools working for me, going for me. He's just like, yeah, but we need you to make the routine play every time. We need you to just make the play when it counts. No matter the time, you need to make the same routine play. It's kind of boring, actually. And I would much rather play somebody who could just make the regular routine boring play every day, every time, every game, than somebody who can make great ESPN highlight plays. And so my dad coined a phrase for me and my brothers. You can't be cute until you're good. And you can't be good, nor can you be great, if you don't learn how to be diligent. If you don't learn the discipline of the way the world really works. And it's the same that is applied to the word of God. It's the same that is applied to our faith. It's the day-to-day, -day, it's the mundane, it's the Monday that is the word of God that really will string together the God-filled, Holy Spirit-saturated, disciplined, rejecting self, denying self decisions that really at the end of the day, will allow us to look back and say it's nothing but the faithfulness of God that was carrying me from that point until this point today. It's the word of God. 
I transferred from the University of Florida to UCLA. One game, I made three errors here at UCLA against, I want to say, Cal State Northridge or something like that. And we lost. No, no, no. It was Cal Bears, UC Berkeley. We lost. And uh, we lost because of my, my mistake. Coach called me in the office. He says, Josh, I really think you have what it takes, but we have a really good team, and if you don't make the routine plays, we're not going to go very far. I want you to figure this thing out. I just want you to make the routine play. I don't care about anything else other than the routine play. I said, I hear you loud and clearly, coach. He says, let's go out there onto the field. He hit me 100 ground balls, and I had to make every one. Then he said, now you have to make 27 plays in a row, which is essentially a full game. It's nine innings, three innings, three outs per inning of a, of a nine-inning game. I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't call it a day until I completed that whole challenge that the coach gave me. And I'm, I was able to complete it and finish it, and I was just able to, to just clear my mind and focus just on the routine, just the basic, catching every ball and making every throw. And I did it. And the next day, put me back in the lineup, and I didn't make an error for the rest of the season. Well, praise the Lord. But the, the, essence, of, the essence of this is, is that it was, my coach had to explain and show to me that it was, the, it was just the focus. It was the discipline. It was the diligence. It was removing distractions. It was removing anything that is trying to prevent you from being in your word, from, prevent us from being in our word daily that has ultimately consequences over our lives, our family's lives, and the world. It does. Because at the end of the day, watch this. God is wanting to bring us to the place where we can help the team win. That's the kingdom of heaven. That's the kingdom team the Lord wants to bring us to a place where we can help the team win doesn't matter if if we're great every now and then praise God God wants us to be great all the time every day and that greatness can only be defined by the mundane commitment to diligence through the word of God he wants us to be able to make the play when it counts. He wants you to be able to make the right decision when it counts. And that's when you get to lean on the word of God. And when, when we go through seasons of drought in our lives and when we're distant from the word of God or from the presence of God, and guess what? God can't rely on us to make the routine play every day or that in that critical moment. Because those critical moments when we begin to fail, and when we, we begin to fail, God, and we begin to fail, we're all going to fail, amen? The word of God, though, even helps us get back up and say, you know what, I, I'm not that. I got to be careful. That is not my life. That's not what he has called me to. And now I'm going to learn from that. And now the word of God is going to wash me. The word of God is going to pour over me grace and mercy, not condemnation. Condemnation doesn't come from the word of God. Condemnation brings us to a place of understanding that God is a God of love and he's a God of mercy and he's a God of grace and he wants to pick us up. 
and he wants to help us walk along. Praise the Lord for his patience. Praise the Lord for long-suffering. Praise the Lord for perseverance. All of these wonderful things are tucked away in the word of God. That's when God can start to look to you and he can start counting on you to make the play when it counts. You're going to make the decisions that God wants you to make when it counts because you're in the will of God because you're in the word of God. And there's nothing flashy about it. Nothing flashy about it. Nothing fancy about it. Just routine. Just what God has called us to. And sometimes the the faithfulness that he's calling us to is scary, isn't it? Even though it's the most basic thing of just being faithful, being committed to your post, being committed to what you're committed to. Sometimes it's scary. Some of us have uh, commitment issues. It may be scary because, oh, man, can I do this? Amen. Put that out. Like Pastor Nena said today, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. God has given you the ability to remove, to cast out any doubt, to put it off, and to focus on what God has in store for our lives. A commitment to God and to his best for our lives. I want to give us a couple of verses that that I have leaned on in Psalm 119 over the years. And the first is verse 11. Verse 11 is a verse that's highlighted in my Bible. Because I, I desire to live a life pleasing unto the Lord, not only through faith, but also through obedience. There is a balance between faith and obedience. Yes, we are in the New Testament covenant of grace where our salvation is only made possible through faith in Jesus Christ. And we all know that faith is the only thing that pleases God. But there's a reason why we have 39 books of the Old Testament that talk a whole lot about obedience, including the New Testament and its 27 books. But look what it says in verse 11. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hidden. Thy word have I eaten. Thy word have I not placed. Thy word have I not consumed like Ezekiel consumed the word of God. And the Bible says that when Ezekiel consumed the, the scrolls or the word of God, it was as honey to his bones. Nourishing his body. Praise the Lord. That's what the word of God is. God says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Praise God. There, there, there we will find a healthy fear of the Lord. A healthy fear of the Lord that we might not sin against God. We might not sin against our own selves and sin against others. 
Thy word have I hidden in my heart, Lord Jesus, so that at that critical moment, I might not fall to temptation. I might not allow my mind to go there and go back to that place that I know I'm going to begin to distance and fall away from God, fall away from the body of Christ, fall away from my commitments to the Lord in walking with him. Amen. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Praise God for the psalmist. Verse 18. I've committed verse 18 to memory. Because I've learned that every time I go to the word of God, I like to pray this over my mind, over my spirit. This is part of what I have grown accustomed to doing whenever I teach or preach. Look what it says in verse 18. Let's all read it together. Ready? Begin. Open my eyes, Lord, that I might see wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes, Lord. Open my eyes. When I pray, often I say, Lord, open my mind, open my heart, and open my spiritual eyes that I might see beautiful or wonderful things in your law. Lord, help me to see the things that you want me to see. Father, help me to see the things I didn't see last time. Father, help me to see the things that I'm going to need for today or for tomorrow that are going to change my life, that are going to prepare me and equip me for what I have in front of me. Amen? Open my eyes, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord, that I might not, that we might, excuse me, that I might, that we might see wonderful things in your law. Oh, that's a prayer that we can all pray before we, we get into the word of God. Lord Jesus, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your word. That's beautiful. I was talking to somebody recently who said, Pastor, just read it to me. Every time I read the Bible, I don't understand it. I guarantee if that person prayed that prayer, Lord, open my eyes that I might see. Because seeing brings knowledge. That I might know these wonderful things in your law. And that there might be somebody else that would help that person begin to learn and to understand and walk with them. Even in the early stages of growth, the early stages of learning, the early stages of of piecing together what the word of God means. For most of us, if you just pull something out out of the Bible and you don't really have much to go from, if you're a new Christian, sometimes it could be very foreign. It could be very daunting. It could almost feel like, oh, this is just not applicable to me. That's like, you know, 2,000 years old. Psalms or Proverbs that we're reading, 3,000 years, 3,000 years old. How can that apply to my life? Well, after a year, after three, four years, the word of God becomes power to him who believes. But to the world, it's foolishness and will remain foolishness and will remain empty. But to him, to her who believes, it will be power. It will be strength, comfort. Raise your hand if you've been walking with Jesus and it's been about three to five years. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Think about where you are today compared to where you began in your journey and 
growing in the word of God, is it like night and day? But it can only take place and it, it only happened over the course of time, amen? amen? So don't be too hard on yourself. I want to encourage you today to allow the word of God to gently work its way into your life and into your heart. Pray that the Lord gives you a hunger and a desire and a thirst to want to spend those wonderful moments in fellowship with Jesus. Lord, open our eyes that we might see wonderful things in your law. How about verse 105? The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word is a lamp for you. It's a light unto our path. It, it shows us the way. The word of God, you guys, has built my life. I just want to say that right now. The word has built my life. The word of God has molded me as it has molded you. And it's molding us continuously. The word of God directs us through dark valleys. The word is a lamp. Thy word, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. These are three verses from chapter 119 that impact my life on a daily basis. That I frequently run to you guys. Constantly going back to the fundamentals. The fundamentals of the faith. The fundamentals of the faith. The fundamentals of the faith. And I, I bet there are, there are times and moments in our lives when we can look back for, for many of us, meanwhile Christians, many of us who've been walking with Jesus for a while, you can look back and you can actually see and know those moments of your life when you were diligently in the word of God and you will see that there was a noticeable difference in your life compared to other times and moments in your life when it, the, when it was not the case. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When I look back between the ages of 24 to 30, the Lord had me in a, in a, in a time, in a season of growth. I was in seminary. I was on fire for the Lord. I had just stepped away from baseball. I mean, I couldn't get enough of the word of God. I was committing as much scripture to memory as possible because I believe in, in verse 11, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee, O Lord. And, and, and you guys, oh my goodness, I look back on those those enriched years of my life, the days when me and, and 10 other young pastors in our 20s were sitting at, at the feet of my father, Dr. Canales, who was pouring into us in discipleship training Monday through, through Friday at 6.30 in the morning over here in the church. We were so eager. We were so on fire for the Lord Jesus. We were just right here, Bible, cup of joe, in the word of God, just just being trained up. And that has been the, the fundamental difference in my life and in the life of all of us young pastors that, that pastor trained up some 
15 years ago. And it's continuing to lead us on a trajectory where the word of God is continuing to build on the foundation and the building of faith that is our lives. Unless the Lord build this house, the laborers build what? In vain. And the Lord building is the word building. We cannot get away from the word that is building in the word of God. It's going to keep you away from, from um, clickbait. Y'all know what clickbait is? If you don't know what eye candy on your phones, on your computers, trailing off on rabbit trails that the enemy just, or on imagination that doesn't belong where it Wants to go. We have to say, buying you. Satan. Get thou behind me, Satan. In the name of Jesus. That's the word. That's the word building. That's the word growing. That's the word, word shaping, transforming, renewing, increasing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody say faithfulness. faithfulness. You guys, faithfulness. Is what the Lord desires. Faith, just <clears throat> faithfulness. Everyday routine Christian. Oh, that's boring. I need a little bit of excitement in my life. Serve Jesus. Watch what God will do when you commit your life to Christ and to the faithfulness that he requires of us. He'll remind you who you are so that your identity is found in the word of God and nowhere else. It, it, you won't need to find your identity. You won't need to find affirmation. You won't need to find excitement. You won't need to find uh, uh, enthusiasm. You won't need to find passion in anything else other than the faithfulness of God, which is found in the word of God. So in other words, what the word of God is doing is helping us to redefine who we are, who he is, and who he is making us to be. Praise the Lord. And from that point forward, the Lord will continue to reinforce our lives with his word. And that's what God is calling us to here at Mission. Faithfulness. For some of us, it's a return to faithfulness. For some of us, it's just continuing that faithfulness. For some of us, it's let's learn what faithfulness is and what it means. And it is the word of God. So the 22-day Bible challenge is what? To read eight verses a day for the next 22 days from Psalm 119. And if you miss a day, praise God. Don't punish yourself. Don't condemn yourself. That's not what this is about. It's an encouragement to bring us or to remind us about what life becomes or what happens when we are dedicated to the studying of God's word and the commitment to God's word and the growing in God's word. Don't be intimidated by the word of God. 
Don't be intimidated. Oh, man, there's other people. There's, they know so much about this. You don't compare yourself to anybody. You start right there where you are from, from any point on the sphere and allow the Lord just to begin to shape your mind, shape your heart, and transform your life. Amen? Please stand, church. That's what this house has been built upon. That's what your life has been built upon. Your marriage, your family, it's been on the word of God. And that will never change. For we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Let's go before the Lord today and let's ask God to help us. And I, 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 I want to encourage all of us to take on this challenge and add this to maybe your daily devotional that you already have. Let's add this so we can do it together. We can create a togetherness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you for your character that is shaping us and molding us and teaching us, Lord Jesus, how to be. Father, I pray that you would be with us through this commitment to your word. Help us, Father God, to accomplish this task of combining a prayer life with a life spent in the word of God, of growing, Lord Jesus, in understanding what King Solomon has said in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, for the beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That healthy fear of the Lord that we have, Father, can only happen, can only take place when we know your word. thank you father that this is a church that's committed to the word of god it's the third cornerstone of our church focus may the word of god be a part of every aspect every avenue of our lives whether it's work whether it's at home whether it's at play whether it's at sports whether it's at school, Father God, the, let the word of God give us strength, give us power. We thank you, Father God, for who you are and for who you've called us to be. We pray these things in Christ's name. And the people of God said, amen and amen. God bless you, mission. We'll see you next week after seven days of reading. Oh.